to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast for three dungeon masters who've been doing this for <laughs> way too long. Talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. I'm Thorne, and I'm joined by... Tony. I wonder if she's sorry for leaving what we'd begun. There's someone for me somewhere, and I still miss someone. <laughs> yeah, the DM mm. in black on that one. Dave, that DM Dave, going a little country. Oh, that was a shout out to the, the, the man in black. Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. So he one is... of the best versions of that one is on the At Folsom Prison live record which is also one of the greatest live records ever made. So there, there's a twofer, what we would call a twofer. Got some great versions of a few things on there. Oh, God, yeah, great record. I actually Maybe. wrote an entire musical based off of that, where in essence the crowd would be the the inmates at Folsom Prison. Hmm. Wow. You yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just a very creative person, you know? I don't know if you guys have, you know, figured <laughs> <laughs> you musicals are new, musical, man. We haven't talked about great musicals too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I wrote a musical, you know. So it's, uh, you know, I was. It was a vehicle for me to star in, where <laughs> I would be Johnny Cash. <laughs> when I was a child, and hear singing and dancing, and I'd run out of the room like, ah! <laughs> yeah, you know, we're gonna feel a little bit let down if we run into Strahd and curse of Strahd, and he is not actively singing at an organ. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. I'm going to get, like, uh, my old Casio out. <laughs> Absolutely. Fan of the opera style. Go for it. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So that, I guess the, the the people in prison are missing their missing pieces of their lives. And uh, that segues into what we're talking about today, which is what do you do when your players are missing games? How do you handle it? How do you keep it from derailing the game? A lot of options here. You know, some players, will, some DMs will boot a player. Some DMs will start a new game. In fact, we started a new game when we couldn't get players together for a game we were gonna, we were, gonna, we were in the middle of. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What do you, uh, what do you do when your players can't make games? You know, I know this is a major problem because you see this all over the place. DMs talking about how you know the hardest thing about gaming is getting everyone to agree on a game time, and that is part of this. And so. The reason it comes to us today is we got an email from Greg, the LV teacher man. And Greg's email says, good afternoon, DM Savants. So there we go. Ooh. There we go. The, 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 um, the compliment tithe has been paid. The required <laughs> tax and toll. Look, you got you got to feed the ego. You got to feed the ego. <laughs> I'm the advisor for the gaming club at my high school. And I often have students who miss a session or sessions for various reasons, such as grades, sports, appointments, etc. How do you deal with situations like this? Obviously, playing Baron Banhammer and simply punting them from the group as a last resort. Uh, Aside from, real quick, Greg, we're taking that. That's now ours. Baron Banhammer. Is yeah, Baron Bar- Baron Banhammer is very good. Although I know it, I would think it would apply to uh, the people who do magic and ban cards. Okay. Been, that, they, they, we're they're, still they're, taking they're, it. The DCI's band hammer has always been very strong. Can we bring it to D and D? I think we it's can. Still ours. It's ours. I yeah. would have talked to the league. Three DMs. Trademark. Already was ours before we started podcasting. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from playing them as just NPCs, how else can I and the other club uh, club DMs deal with this? And how do I handle leveling up characters when the kids are gone? 
So that's Greg's question. You know, I think DMs all over the place have to deal with this because how do you put together a game when you might be missing players? We had it a lot with the Woodstock Wanderers and uh, one of the players who had missed several games. But everyone's missed some games in that group, to be honest with you. Uh, Tony, you've had it some with the uh, Storm King's Thunder game. I mean, what do you do when players are missing games? And, you know, I think there's also different kinds. Like, is, is it like it's one thing if they're missing one game. It's another thing if you can't count on them game after game. How do you handle it? I think that, yeah, the, the we all, we're all going to come out and agree on this one. You don't want to – banning the player is the last resort. But I have to say, on being the other side of this, is the guy who always makes the games, or at least I tried to. And then you show up game after game, and the person who doesn't show up gets the same rewards. That kind of leaves you scratching your head and saying, okay, so what exactly is my struggle here? And that's the other side of this. And we talked about in our previous podcast about if you allow these players to then go off and do side stuff without you, what happens when they get cooler stuff during their side quest than you did in the core game? That's a problem, too. Then it's not balanced. Players are looking at the stink eye, the side eye. They're like, oh, really? He's got a plus three sword, huh? Boy, I wish one of those would drop with one. We killed one of your dragons. Uh, I got like, you know. (laughs) An orb of light. That was really exciting. The drift globe. <laughs> the drift globe. I mean, it's but, an awesome magic item, but please, come on. Yeah, it's not a plus three longsword. But the I got, it's that, a rock. It's a floating, glowing rock, but you still got a rock. Just like Charlie Brown and Christmas. I got a rock. <laughs> it's not even your pet. But those cause, those cause problems. And unfortunately, there really isn't easy answers for it. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, there's multiple ways to come at this, but my first response is I dealt with this in my Pathfinder campaign. You know, that first big campaign that I was running, and it was four people. It was my two brothers, my girlfriend, and a, and a buddy of mine. And that was really hard to the point where we kind of couldn't. We would just have to put the game off so we might not play for, you know, instead of once a month, once every six weeks, once every two months sometimes, because there was no, I had no way to really have a mechanic to just pull them out. I wasn't, definitely wasn't confident enough as a DM to be able to, to figure anything out. And the the adventure didn't really, it kind of precluded that. I will say with, with what Greg is saying, uh, with something like this in a school gaming club, which I think is awesome that they're doing this D&D thing, because that would have been, I would have, I would have loved that in like high school or something. It kind of is already set up for that. So I would even just enter into it with a knowledge of that and build a mechanic within the within the adventure or adventures to allow for that. Like come in with the knowledge that you're going to have players in and out at times and have something that can address that. And there's a couple ways you could do that, but we'll get into that. So, like I said, I've had to deal with this in, in a lot of my campaigns. I mean, honestly, it comes up in every game. So if you're having some players miss some game, some games, don't feel like you're alone. Like, that that happens. There's kind of different degrees to which you can allow it. And it's really up to you to decide where are your comfort levels and where where are you running a campaign that can that can have people missing games. One of the things I hate is when, okay, some people miss some games, all right, we go without them, we float by. And then all of a sudden, people start turning into, oh, just go without me. You know, like, like they just start treating it like, you know, whether they can make it or not, doesn't matter. You know, oh, just mm-hmm. just I, I might not be there. Start without me. Go without me. That is really 
frustrating because when it gets to that point, it goes from, hey, we all start, we all agreed to be here. I should be there. And it turns into, well, you know, maybe I'll be there. Maybe I won't be. I'll be in and out of it. And that's hard to DM. You know, you can have games like that. We've talked about a Western Marcher style game where specifically that kind of game is, okay, you're going to show up. You're going to set out from your borderland outpost and go have your Western Marches, your adventure in the Western Marches and come back. And anyone who's there in that game can be part of that adventure. They come back and someone else can be there next time. I can run sessions in between with totally different groups. You're all coming out of the same place, adventuring and basically kind of one shot kind of campaigns into the same area with something yeah. threading them together. You can run, I mean, adventures like that lend themselves to it. And then it's not such a big deal. But if you're doing something very story focused, like Tony's doing or Dave, like you're doing with Curse of Strahd, where yeah. kind of everyone's got a purpose. Yeah. It's hard. In my game, in Woodstock Wanderers, in general, I really, because of the way we came together, now we're a bunch of, you know, this this started as friends in a writing group who wanted to get together and play D&D and wanted to learn 5th edition. So it sort of started as a low, a low pressure group to begin with. And I really felt like it was important to kind of try to keep it there, try to keep it casual. People coming in and out, okay. I didn't tie a lot of the story into character background, so I wasn't really caught if one player missed or not. But then, as we went on, one of the players, the, the paladin, Sir Morton, you've heard us talk about him all the time, he had an anti-paladin on the other side who he was trying to bring back. It was one of the brothers from his order. So he became entangled in such a way where if Tom missed the wrong game, Sir Morton's player, I was in trouble. Like, that's the thing is, you know, you can approach it as I'm going to develop an adventure that doesn't rely on any one of these characters being there. But one, it might be a little shallow. Players might not appreciate that their backstories aren't involved. And two, you might find yourself stumbling into a situation where they have to be involved anyway. So then what do you do when they're missing time? And it, it can be tricky to work around. Indeed. And sometimes you run the characters as NPCs because you're there. You don't want to drop the continuity. There's not some strange reason why they're being beamed out of the module. You know, there's this pressure. You're exploring. I'm going to stay back in town and I don't know, work on my sword form. Even if you have a decent reason for it, now you're splitting up the party or you bring them with. But then what happens if they get killed? And then the joke comes, you are killed off screen. <laughs> and that, that that no one wants that off-camera kill. It feels kind of disingenuous. It's awkward. But in the same breath, there's the, the whole issue surrounding about how how they, they, they change the gap in the XP. I mean, in one breath, it shouldn't make that much of a difference if you miss a game. But at the same time, you really, if you're all in the same party together, you can't catch up with the other players. You, you missed a game, they just leveled up, and now you're not. And then there is... Some degree well, of a promise running that. Thor, we've done this uh, specifically in uh, Woodstock. Uh, there have been people who have missed at times. And then the one, our ranger, Penny, missed a couple. Uh, and then kind of like, I, I think the Roll20 thing wasn't working. So just kind of bowed out. But how did you handle that? Because I think you kind of kept it generally like, no, you got the same XP as the other people. We're all the same level. We're, we're on the adventure together. Because... We kind of wrote it into the narrative that Penny was there, but she was the, that that silent member idea, right, for that one-off. <laughs> uh, like I did in Strahd with uh, with Fenris, the the cleric, the great yeah. cleric. I was just they're there, but yeah, you're 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 not talking to them, you know, that kind of thing. Well, what I did so in, so I have a couple policies there that I that I can roll forward with. I would say you'd rather have a group where everyone's making more or less all the games, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
you'd rather have that, or you'd rather know from the outset that I'm building an adventure that's never going to count on any one character being here, and you go about it a different way. Woodstock Wanderers, with the with the party we had, and pretty much this is my policy almost in any adventure, if you miss a session, I'm not going to be upset about it. We're going to move on without you. Generally, your character's going to be off doing something else. So in this case, Penny was a ranger, or is a ranger, and at this point, they have left her in the far southern regions of the planet. Was. Dinosaurs. You killed her off, and we didn't even... You killed her no, off no, screen. No, no. She around. was she's a ranger. Not, she's not a vampire oh, either, unlike Hasbro. Oh, oh, God, Penny. Oh, God. <laughs> but so she she was a ranger. She, we, we just kind of like, you know, a little bit of role play touch to it. We just said that she was really interested in the dinosaurs, which didn't exist where she came from. So she's off studying the dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, you guys are going or trying to get into the temple. She's running around in the woods studying Tyrannosaurus Rexes. And I do have a policy that everyone gets XP, so everyone stays at the same XP level. I did not do that in earlier editions, but I have adopted it for fifth edition and I adopted it for fourth edition because I did find one individual XP rewards aren't, they don't feel like they fit the system as well. Like singling out one player to get an extra thousand XP doesn't feel like fair yeah. in fifth. I didn't feel like it was fair in fourth. I felt like it was fine in second, but in second, everyone had different XP rewards. Like if you're, if you're a rogue, you have a different XP reward than what the fighter has. The fighter mm-hmm. gets the fighter gets bonus XP for experience for hit dice a monster killed. The rogue gets bonus XP for for treasure collected. So that was different. Like I felt like it was okay to have okay, well someone's a little behind. And because of the exponentially increasing level uh, XP amounts, it's not hard to catch up a level. And even in fifth edition, it's not too hard. But I feel like the fairness is kind of. I feel like fifth edition is written in such a way that there is an inherent fairness to it, and I do feel like you start throwing that off if you're letting players fall behind. We saw with the deck of many things debacle that even when someone just got a deck card that gave him 50,000 XP, other players were pissed. No matter how many times I said, look, it'll be fine. We're going to catch up soon. We'll deal with it. People didn't like that. So my policy is when people miss a game, they get the full XP. If there were items given out to everybody, they probably have one. So if I pick something for everyone, they probably have one that they'll get. If people just picked up, if there were just random items, well, that just goes with the players who played. And we just catch them up and bring them back in. There's problems with that, right? I mean, it works okay, but if you really want everyone there, you'd rather have everyone there. You know, it's it's it, you're kind of that that is allowing them to be missing without any kind of penalty. So, and when, for Woodstock Wanderers, I was okay with that. I, I didn't mind that people were going to be in and out. Like I said, we started this game as a more casual kind of game to learn the system, so I was I didn't mind. But if you do mind, you might want to put in something as a little bit of a penalty. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you, do you like the no penalty missing games, or do you think there should be some some incentive to make it? There, there should be an incentive to make it, and I think my easy answer to this is while I would keep everyone at the same XP, because I have to agree with you, I feel like that jives more with 5e as a whole. I would give them other rewards in the game which they may miss out on if they're not there. For example, information involving their backstory, treasure, actual, God forbid, you know, magic items, spells, the possibility to make a contact, something along those lines. Something that in some way benefits them in the game that they would not have gotten had they shown up or not shown up. rather. Yeah, I mean, I I, honestly, you could roll it back and say, well, maybe we're gaming too much, change your gaming structure. But uh. I think for the most part with the games that we've currently been running because uh, we've all had to do it in each of these three campaigns now thorn you've had to do it more but we've been going longer with woodstock yeah. than we have with strahd and storm kings but tony you had to do it for one or two sessions in storm kings and i had to do it for a session in strahd and if it's that if it's a session 
two sessions on the outs, I don't think that matters necessarily, especially if it's an adventure style that we're in where there's not a lot of, you know, you can kind of explain away a certain amount. You're going over here to investigate this stuff or what we did in Slaver's Bay kind of thing. Again, I think one of the things is really approaching this with, with what Greg is saying. There's a big difference between your home game and the home table and what he's doing, which is, for me, way closer to something like, Thorne, you said, either a West Marches or like an Adventurer's League style where it's literally every week is something new. It's a one-shot, it's a different team, whatever. Or it's, I even heard one person, they said uh, they had built in a mechanic where they all had these like teleport stones. So if the person wasn't in the session, they got it, they had been teleported back to some area or something. I mean, it's silly, but that, you know, there's a mechanic there at least. You know, there is something to be said too for the idea that we all have lives. And, you know, people are going to miss some games like and it's not even I wouldn't even be annoyed by a player has to miss a game. You know, that shouldn't be annoying. That should be OK. Just like they should be uh, they should understand you're the DM. You're doing your best. You should understand their players. They're doing their best. It becomes a problem when you have the players who are like, well, it's a 50 50 shot. Will they make it? And then you got to build around them. And then you have to yeah. decide, OK, are they getting as much good stuff as everyone else? And if everyone's fine with that, great. But then maybe you have a player who's not. You know, there's a whole political game here of players. If you have four players who make it every game and one player who only makes it half the time, how those other players feel about that is going to have a big difference as far as going to be a big difference as far as how can you handle that, that player missing half the time. Yeah. Big time, because that's going to, that can, I mean, so, some groups, uh, Oh, no problem. We'll see you next time. Some yeah. groups, like Tony has said, that can get real, real iffy at times, yeah. especially if magic titles are starting to fly around and stuff. And I've with Storm King's Thunder, I've pushed games because I didn't want to leave a character behind and I have to tell you, and I think you both of the, the other wise DMs will agree with me, you miss too many sessions. It absolutely disrupts the rhythm of the game. And there's so much happens, especially I, I think Storm King's Thunder, may, at least for a long time, I think it was the longest sessions that we were running out of all of our games. Yeah. There was times we were running for like seven hours or some crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, there were some marathons in there. Which isn't uh, in the grand scope of gaming. I mean, God, we had like literally all day sessions. We had, well, there's times we had all weekend sessions, but now yeah, a seven hour session is. I think the first session of Woodstock Wanderers ran until like three in the morning. And this oh, is a bunch dude, of, it was insanity. I, I mean, we were like, it, it was like, it, we, we went for like nine hours and it's like early, early. It's like most of the people at the table haven't been up that late. In like, Even longer than that, because we had that whole first session, we built characters first. That's and true. And then adventure. <laughs> so and we had got together like three, four o'clock. And oh my God, it was, yeah, it was awesome though. But yeah, now that's, uh, it's tough to put together. Uh, a good system when your your the sessions are missed, your, your rhythms disrupted, people are missing details, and if you're a very story based DM like I am, it can shit the bed, because with, without the continuity, without the drivers, without the, the details that make your characters interested, I mean it would really would be tough is when you have a character who misses sessions frequently. Well, is they able to really engage that character then? Because they've missed. It's just they're back. Like, oh, I guess it's your game now. It's time to do something with your backstory because you showed up. <laughs> the other players are like, the fuck. You know, Tony, with your games and with how with how much kind of lore you put in them, the way you tie the story together, have you ever thought about using like a world world anvil 
or a wiki or Ooh. kind of a Google or something to kind of kind of pull lore together where players can access it at, at any time. That would be pretty interesting, honestly. I, I feel that lore is a really funny thing. That you have again. This is back to the the rule of knowing the table. There's times where the players are like, "Wow, this is interesting. Tell me more about this." And then they're like, "Shut the fuck up!" And can we just enter and in, go into the castle? <laughs> I don't care who the mason was that crafted the stone. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He begot this other guy. It was fascinating. Can we go talk to you know the duke now? Like. We just have to, to move it along. And it depends who, who's listening to this story. Some of my players would have eaten that up, and some players just aren't having it. They've been up at 4 in the morning, and now it's you know 9 o'clock at night. And well, you made that, yeah, Tony, you made that point uh, not long ago, and you kind of called it. I loved it. It was You said uh, lore tolerance. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. every group and every person will be a little different, and you have to – and that's kind of a change, and you have to take that temperature – Kind of all the time, you know, so it's completely on a side note there, but yeah. No, and it is, I just bring up the the world anvil idea or the wiki idea, because there are things out there that will let you type a lot of lore about your setting in a lot of story details and tie them together in such a way where you can reveal or not reveal things to the players. Cross-reference it. World anvil is a pretty cool, I was playing around on it a little bit. It's pretty, it is pretty damn cool. It sounds very dangerous. (laughs) It's going to create a world, it's mythology, it's wars, you know, their factions, the people in there. It sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) I mean, you know, like I complain about what a pain in the ass it is to design a town. I'm going to design a, a world to that extent. Okay. Like, okay, so forget the world. Let's get Tolkien here. Let's talk about the gods outside of the world first and all their interactions. Then they came to the world. Then they and left. The now let's talk about the wars. Yeah. I love it. You might, enjoy, you might enjoy filling out a world anvil more than you enjoy DMing your games. <laughs> I might. If someone would actually read the drivel that I would put on there, I, that's extremely debatable. We might. We might. I, I have debated uh, possibly doing it because, like I've said before, no matter what I'm running, even if it's something that's supposedly in the Forgotten Realms or whatever, or or Galarian, like I still look at it as being in my world. So I, I've played around with the idea of building like the world anvil for my universe in a way, you know. Just but that is a, definitely a project. I, I probably should, because I will say the way I build my world out tends to be okay. I'm spending this time writing about it, and then I just type onto a page yeah, and it really already, if i had the time to really build it all out i probably could do that that way in general though it's just like okay there's my notes for this session and we're gonna ride off of those notes for the next six months that's generally until i, until I, I can do this doing, again yeah that's generally what i've been doing for quite a while now as well yeah <laughs> i'll tell you how i would approach this in all all seriousness what i would do is and we talked about this also in a previous session i would take the lore from uh, several of our other campaigns that were relevant, and I'd add them to the background of the new campaign. So maybe yeah, you'd see yeah. a character like mine, a Cassidus, and maybe he's a god, and maybe, you know, uh, Nort's a god too. And, you know, uh, these other heroes, maybe your current characters are led heroes of legend in the realm. Maybe they've retired to this port and went, went back to their perspective domains. Things like that, I would use their the end of their stories or their continuing adventures to add flavor to the new story. The next thing. Yeah. So if we took absolutely. a break from Storm King's Thunder, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, there was this legendary bugbear samurai. Yeah, he kicked ass. <laughs> <laughs> if you the know, I'd probably. Dragon. 
<laughs> Everyone reads the part that's about their character, right? Right. That, that would be their favorite part, of course. That pulls, that pulls them in. You're talking about me. I'll read that. And then, okay, I'll read the rest. You know, it's it may seem off topic, but it's really not. Because something like that does make it easier for the players who miss sessions to catch up. So they're not so lost. Yeah, because that is one of the problems with missing sessions is, okay, someone's got to catch them up, and it doesn't always happen. We had done something like that. So Chris was, my brother Chris was running a, uh, unfortunately, it it only lasted for, you know, five, six sessions, maybe. Some things they just peter out. But he was running a Pathfinder adventure, and it was really cool. It was live games, but we were utilizing Roll20 for the map features and such right and we would like throw it up on the on the the television screen as the monitor but it was cool because we were all logged in uh to roll 20 with our accounts and there's a journal function where you can start to journal out so he would throw in he would type up because he loves writing this kind of stuff he would type up a synopsis of what had occurred the previous session you know uh and it was a running journal a running adventure summary in essence that they were utilized, that we were utilizing. And you could do so if you're not running something where it's like one shots or a West Marches or an Adventurers League style. If you're doing an adventure with a core group, you could have a mechanic like that. And I've heard other DMs where they'll actually award other experience points or or items or inspiration or something if you're going in as the players and putting a journal entry in, right? Writing about your part in the adventures, you know, like adding to the overall story in a written form. But that is like Thorne, you were saying with the world animal idea, that's something that players can access and quickly get a sense of, okay, wait, who's this guy over here, right? As opposed to when you miss like a couple uh, episodes of the TV show and you're like, wait, I that guy was was good before. What happened? Why is he? Why is he evil now? Why is he on a bus station? He's evil. Where did this thunderbolt come from? <laughs> oh, no, God. no, you need to oh, save that for the review. Oh, we're doing that for the review. Oh, okay. So there you go. There's your little spoiler for our adventure review episode for Star- Thunderbolt. There it is. Yeah, that, 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 when we get to the Storm King's Thunder review, that'll that'll be coming up again. <laughs> it's everybody needs a joke for that item, and good luck. The first, the first thing will be what's the plot again, and then. Thunderbolt. There you go. There were our two big stumbling blocks. One of the things we found across multiple games, and Tony's experienced this, and I have experienced this in Woodstock Wanderers, absolutely, is how hard it can be to keep players on the plot thread and remembering and understanding what, what you hope is going on, even when they're all there. Once you yeah. throw in people not being there, it gets even harder. Yeah, to convey it, because you have it, you have it all in your head, but you're not you're not hearing it the way they are hearing it for the yeah. first time. So I, I think you've uncovered it right there, Gus. So if you're in a situation where you're in high school and you're running games and people need to come in and out, and that's the reality of the situation for all the reasons that the listener described, then I would not run a very story-heavy game. Yeah. That's your answer. It's got to be lighter. It's got to be maybe one shots. You pop in, you pop out, you finish at the end of a session or two, you leave a point of entry for the player to meet up and they come in just like that. Also, there was a joke back in the day about relative ninjutsu. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. No. Okay, so James, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so so <laughs> if you run into one ninja, you're in deep shit. This ninja is going to wreck you. But if you run into like 20 ninjas, they're no problem. They're not oh, they're tough stuck. at all. Yeah. It's like fighting 20 <laughs> Gilligans. They're just a mess. They all ha- share the same pool of energy. 
So that's that a kind good of applies. That it's kind like of applies. multiplicity with Michael Keaton. <laughs> just there you go. Copy after copy after copy. In your story, you have X amount of coolness that's going to go around. So you had six characters, and now you have four. All right, well, now they've got all that. Now those are your heroes of the story. Now they have all the opportunities to have those shining moments. And no, maybe the paladin isn't a fantastic speaker. Well, now's your chance to see how you can approach this problem differently, focused on the things that they are good on, and still make that adventure work. I would throw another angle in there, too, because that is one way to go. You know, definitely kind of make it make your games more flexible. So when people miss the games, you know, you're not you're not missing much. The other thing to think about is you would ideally not that not that I have not that I've necessarily been able to create this, but you would like to create a sense of FOMO, fear of missing out on the people who don't make it. Hello. Hello. I mean, if so. So I'm going to I'm going to like setting aside my fun having no pressure DMing hat and putting on my public, you know, my editor hat where I'm actually trying to get you where you're trying to get people to come to your magazine, your website. You want to you want to put out you want to try to figure out what can I do that people are going to be talking about after the game that's going to make people regret that they weren't there to experience that. You know, you want to try to put in put together something that's going to make them feel like, man, I really got to be there. I'm going to miss it. Whether that's your big reveals, your funny moments, your funny voices. And it really is an argument for maybe even kind of stepping up the extent to which you try with these things to impress to 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 impress each other because the more people want to come to the game the more they'll they'll be able to find reasons to not miss it you know Absolutely. like because when you're in school if someone's got the tension he misses the game yeah there's not a lot of way out of that other than maybe he maybe he tries harder not to get detention because he doesn't want to miss the game right that's how that's how a lot of a lot of sports work in school you know, if it's if it's real life and you've got, you know, everyone's got jobs and other things they have to do. Well, the more they don't want to miss the game, the more they feel like they're going to miss something cool if they miss it. The fewer things that count that they that, that hop in front of the game, you know, it, it rises up their list of priorities. So that's something to think about, too. If you can make the game something that people really don't want to miss, that can help cut off on these things. But it's easier said than done. You know, it's, yeah, uh, it's one to say it, it's great FOMO. It's another thing to be Matt Mercer. And have Having a, ha, making an awesome game is definitely like absolutely you, you know now that's kind of what we sit around and talk about how the hell do you make an awesome game right but i will say with something like this this is very 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 specific with what greg is talking about because with what he's dealing with is he's the gaming club so they're literally last on the list because the coaches don't want to hear it the music people, the band people don't want to hear it. The teachers don't want to hear it. The parents don't want to hear it, right? So you're already last on the list. Like, you're going to get bumped for a lot of things. So, like I said, if it's something like that, where you already know going in that it's going to be very disjointed, build something that allows for that so that you can create that awesome game, Yeah. even knowing where and I, I would say like Tony, you said it before, like idea of the one shots or the 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 short adventures, two three sessions at at, at most. Uh, and I would if you're, you're obviously playing D and D, I'm going to guess. Uh, look into how Adventurers League runs some stuff. You don't have to necessarily take the rules and all of that stuff, but they literally publish things out. I think that it's like here's this adventure, here's this this one you run in four hours, this one you run in four hours, this one you run in four hours. Um, to give yourself that that leeway, you know, build the mechanics in the the infrastructure for this 
even before they have. It's it's a session zero issue, right? It's yeah. something you want to talk about in session zero. How much can we get? Make sure everyone's going to be at the table, and then are we do you know do I need to come up with a campaign approach, or do we want to talk about a campaign approach that's going to be uh, you know, flexible enough for people to miss sessions every now and then, or for people to only make half the sessions, and that you can you basically can roll that into your campaign planning, and it, it might affect the kind of story you want to tell. Well, yeah. Here you go. Here's a little free. I just had a little bit of a of a. A, a brainstorm here because I know there are some other adventure uh, hooks that utilize this. It's not a West Marches, but talk to your people, talk to the kids, right? Do the session zero thing and throw out the idea. What if every one of them rolled up two to three characters that they like? Okay. You break them out into teams and those teams are in some sort of cannonball run race they are all they are in some uh, you know uh you know race across the desert right like from hidalgo or something they're trying to all get to the MacGuffin. they're in some sort of uh you know uh wizard tri wizard tournament kind of thing you know and that way who's here all right what team's running and that will absolutely create a level of fomo because Fuck that team, dude. Team Blue <laughs> sucks. We got to win this thing. You guys got to be here. We got to do this, you know? So, so just a little bit of a brainstorm that was that was, it, that was live, that was real time. That's how that happened. So, so live rounds, people. Live so, rounds. So effectively, when you're in the game, you have a chance to make progress towards the end of the race. And if you're missing games, your team's not progressing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. But it's also it's not it's not punitive in a way necessarily as much because everyone is involved in all the teams. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's just a thought. Just a thought. And yeah, and, and pattern them after Cannonball Run. So during session zero, force them to watch the hit movie Cannonball <laughs> Run starring Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. You're welcome. We lost like two generations of listeners <laughs> that mentioned Cannonball. Well, I mean, there goes Gen Z and there goes Millennial. Go and watch Cannonball Run. Cannonball okay. Run was an old movie when I was a child. I mean, <laughs> and it was still awesome. I don't care. It is awesome. It is. And the Hanna Barbera uh, cartoon version was also awesome. And I, mean, I don't care that that was from the seventies too. No one's canceled Burt Reynolds yet, right? So we're still okay. I, but I, well, didn't I, did he die? What about his mustache? He's one of them ones. I'm like, is he dead? Mustaches are back. I think. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. Somewhat vaguely along those lines, what you could also do is have a couple of different campaign threads going at once. So, okay, this can't, we don't have enough players. You don't have your key actors. Like, for example, if you really don't feel like your key players are there in this game, run something else. That is like Thor mentioned a couple games uh, games ago, a couple sessions ago <laughs> in the podcast. You know what? You guys are wanting to get together. It's Saturday. No, you can't do a side quest. We're all new characters. We'll do something with them right now. That's your solution. And, and that way, you're not tripping over the continuity of what's going on with this other group where all these players are missing. Also, in that, when you're looking at how much you're actually playing, there's the question of what kind of difficulty level you're setting. So when I'm playing a game with my current group and I'm playing once every, like we're playing five games, but we're playing once every five weeks. I don't know if I want to play something on ultra violence mode. 
Because if I get my ass kicked in, <laughs> I'm not going to have a chance to do anything about it for five weeks to sit around and look at my wounds and consider what a beating we took. Regret so, my life decisions. <laughs> right? Regret my life decisions. So that's you probably want to keep that more, uh, can I say, I wouldn't say baby mode, but it, but it's a little easier. It's a little lighter. And if you're playing very frequently, that's where I'd roll the difficulty up. I'd roll the XP back. Slower mm. advancement, little harder difficulty because there's so many frequent games. And in that way, you're not completely out of campaign and you've played 17 sessions in you know two months. I think Tony just said he wants Woodstock Wanderers to be harder. <laughs> I don't think oh, his play, uh, players are going to agree, though. <laughs> I'm not necessarily against it, but I think a lot of the other team might be. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they really want to go searching for that. Uh, what's his freaking name? The Malbion. The Malbion. Yeah, yeah, they want to search for him for several more sessions. That's a real feel I get for the party. <laughs> um, if I suggest that, they're going to mutiny. On the on the same kind of line of the FOMO thing, right? Kind of creating uh, this this idea that like you, I want to make the like sometimes you're not, especially with the school stuff. Like you know, baseball practice is just going to take precedence. It's just going to happen. I mean, I I when I was in school, I remember baseball practice took precedence over like history class sometimes. So like gaming club sure as hell ain't going to matter very much, right? But with that said, Tony, didn't you have – you had said – this is many, many episodes ago, but there was a – it might have been one module or some adventure that was so difficult that and, – and so many teams had gone through it that you were like, we got to beat this thing. We got to put something together. Was yeah. it, it, was two, it was two Maharas. Okay. No, no, no. It was Nightmare Keep. Excuse me. Okay. All right. Time, yeah, so – that idea too. Just revisit that real quick. Uh, that was a module where one of our uh, established DMs in the group had run it for a different group. Like there was different groups within our town that we kind of like. We were like different gangs. We all kind of bumped elbows. <laughs> like you know, we snapped our fingers and smoked cigarettes yeah. and did dance music. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. <laughs> Thanks for carrying yeah. that. I appreciate it. But the other <laughs> group in town got their asses handed to them. They went to this place and so many of them died. The remaining guy players had to escape. And my group's like, no, no, we're th this won't stand. We're the elite <laughs> gamers in town. They just got trashed because they were trash. And we're going in there and we're cleaning this place out. And that place didn't live up to his name. It was quite horrifying. My character had gray hair at the end. It was uh, <laughs> Nightmare Keep. It's a classic module. Balancing be damned is all I have to say about that. Old school. Yeah, the, the old yeah, ways. You know, creating uh, the FOMO, but also that level of competitive spirit to bring out and be like, uh-uh, no, not our team. You know, well, we're yeah, going to build the, the ultimate team, right? And that's something you could really have in a gaming club, especially if you can get them to keep the, if you can get the different parties to keep their secrets, right? about different different modules, you know? Because then they start trash talking each other and you yeah. have like spirit week kind of stuff, like you could really play up a lot of that stuff. I th I think I mean I don't I don't know how it runs, but it just you know I think there's a lot of a lot of soil there to play with. Yeah, 
And I think, you know, Tony, to get back to what you were saying a minute ago, the idea that, you know, if you don't have players who are there, you know, there can be, you know, there's so many different games you can play and so many different kinds of D&D you can play that I do like the idea that, okay, we just play a different game today. We've done that in our groups. I mean, that's really, in, like we said, that's where the Curse of Strahd game came from. We were trying to move online with our uh, Slaver's Bay game. Uh, half the players didn't make it to the session zero and we just flushed it. I mean, we'll, we'd love to, we want to come back to it yeah. I and mean, all the players yeah. want to come back to it. But for the, for the duration of being on roll 20, we just said, no, we're going to do Curse of Strahd instead. And, that was it. You know, it's uh, we, 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 we shifted. We, there's some different players came in and some of the players stayed the same and we went to the new, uh, to, to the new adventure. And it was, just, you know, we wanted to run, I know I wanted to play Curse of Strahd anyway. So it's a different experience for a while. And when we get that group back together, we'll go back to Slaver's Bay and we'll have the fun with them. Cause you know, I want Hannibal, Hannibal's hungry. Hannibal's <laughs> he needs very hungry. to, he needs to complete his story arc of he eating the world. He, he's, yeah. <laughs> he needs to finish eating I'm a civilization. I'm a druid, honestly. Yeah, yeah, he's a druid. He's absolutely a druid. Heavily narrative. He's a very narrative. It's a lot of narrative with that character. A lot. Just very Shakespearean. One of our one of our uh, players pointed out that Jang is somewhat of a sociopath. And I'm like, I just think I'm good at justifying sociopaths I in my backstory. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't I just, agree with it. I like to but, see them, and you know, no one's no, black or white. It's everything's listen, if you're a, if you or your character is a sociopath, that he's hiding it extremely well. Actually, you haven't murdered anybody outright. You've threatened. You've threatened some people. You've intimidated some people. That's the difference between you going out and like you know like so Zhang, what do you want to do with your downtime? Kill some peasants. All right, young lady no, over there, Zhang. Zhang is Zhang is absolutely a a bugbear. So he's a monstrous race that has you know quote unquote become civilized through like the code of Bushido, right? And very much plays that. Very much plays the idea of honor. Very much plays the idea of the just and the unjust. And yeah, absolutely, the will of heaven. Yeah, and he will, but he has no problem understanding that he will solve all things with, you know, the Naganata. Like that's that's <laughs> it's just that's what's gonna happen, right? Like, uh, he, well, he he's lawful neutral, you know, and uh, whether or not alignment is a useful tool we can talk about later. But I certainly use it when I'm thinking about, yeah. Uh, but I certainly use it with him in that. I mean, I've described Jang as Jang is Jang. You know, he believes in order. He follows. He he. He believes he has been elevated yeah. from being a beast by you know, becoming a samurai. And on the one hand, if his daimyo, who was not a nice person, told him to go murder a village because he didn't pay their taxes, he'd be like, well, they should have paid their taxes. And he would go do it. Yeah, because go hand, look at the history of the samurai and yeah. let me know what you see. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it, it is. And I, I, mean, I know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm a bit into the history. And I kind of, yeah. when you get into it, yeah, it's, you know, samurai carry out the will of their lord. And yeah, that absolutely. That doesn't always mean, you know, protecting the righteous and, 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 and uh, you know, reigning in evil. That's not necessarily what it calls for yeah. just like the european code of chivalry is much more about battle etiquette than uh than anything else yeah yeah it's, it's, it's not always do what's right it's didn't do what we told you to do that's the important thing. but you know playing different games and different characters i i do think as much as especially younger players i think tend to want to stick with the one character they want and just like, keep coming back to that dude i think you really grow your grow your gaming when you're trying different games different not only different campaigns, but also different gaming systems. I think you learn a lot. You know, we pull a ton in. I borrow a bunch of stuff from Call of Cthulhu and the Cthulhu games in general for D&D. I bring D&D into those games when we play them. You know, there's a lot of that, that it's almost the more cross-trained you are, the better you're able to kind of deliver the kind of feel you want in the game. So that's what we've been seeing. 
with our our uh, our resolution to game different systems uh, in this new year, and with that we have been, um, is that we start saying, "Ooh, that that works really well for this. This works," yeah. and you start to to kitbash these things together, you know, very Bruce Lee style, you know, take what's useful and discard what's useless. So I wanted to come back to something else, Tony, you'd said much earlier, which is the idea that maybe you need to look at your timing. And I don't know if that's necessarily specific to the Greg and the gaming club here, but I think it's a good thing to think about where one of the things you might want to address if you're getting players missing is, are you gaming at the right frequency for the group you have? Are you pushing it too much? Are you trying to ask people to give more time than they can give? I mean, you guys have any thoughts on that? I would rather make um, a gaming session once a month than three quarters of the time every other week. Yeah. Because or even that, if you do it every other week and half the players are missing half the sessions. That's just a train wreck. One of my, without getting off this topic, uh, but one of my favorite tools in 4E, and I've, come, I've mentioned this before, it was the Dungeon Delve book. Because mm-hmm. in the kind of situation that you're, uh, this the listener's in, I would just say, okay, we've got four players today. We're in the middle of the core plot. Let's take a break from this. Official timeout. No, there'll be no penalties for you not progressing on the main plot. Here's a module. It's completely... Uh, but partially somehow related to what you're doing. Go <laughs> have fun with this. Go get some XP, go get some treasure, build yourself up, be stronger to face the challenges of the main plot. But you're not. And in this way, the players who have missed aren't missing your core story that you've worked on. Yeah. It's always, you know, some, some God or demigods always handy for that, right? No, your, your party is whisked away to go compete in the, you know, Bacab games, this, uh, the yeah, we're, we're we're doing something different, you know. We're we're disappearing. It's like it's like in Skyrim when the Daedra pull you off somewhere else, and your main quests sit where they are while you go deal with the Daedra's bullshit. Those Daedra or the Dreamers, Ugh. yeah, yeah. That, that was the third yeah. game. That so so two points on that. First, right off what you were just saying, uh, and it kind of goes back to something I said earlier. Um, if you know that you're already going to run into these problems because it's the nature of the group you're in, build the mechanic to support that. So make it a little more fantastical or silly even where you could just, oh, all of a sudden you appear like we did for, uh, I did for our Christmas game. I think we all kind of did it in a way, right? Oh my God, you, you fell asleep and you woke up in this other land and here's the adventure, right? And then next session, you're right back to where you were, right? Uh, So you could do that. I will say, too, because uh, you said timing, and I think you were meaning something, you were going a different tack, but I would also say, um, how long are the sessions, too? Because if it's a gaming club, probably not five-hour sessions, I'm going to think. Yeah. Um, if you're getting, like, uh, Bonnie, when she's doing the D&D with the kids in the in the therapy sessions, that's maybe an hour, two on the on the super outside. So... How much do you re- – that's a lot easier when you have an hour session, let's say. That's a lot easier to deal with that character just being like either a silent member or they are going off to talk to the the king or something as opposed to a seven-hour session where we're going to move this plot forward and we're on another part of the globe now, right? So that might also affect it as well. And we did also run into the timing issue in uh, Woodstock where I think we all agreed we were probably playing – 
too often. So we pulled it back and it created that phone, not FOMO, but it created that absence makes the heart grow fonder yeah. where now it's like, oh man, D&D's tonight because I haven't played it in 30 days, right? Yeah, and it's, you know, the timing of your of your sessions and, and how often your group can meet makes a big difference. You know, we really, uh, with our games, we play most of the games about once a month, but we have we like five or six games cycling through, which means we still get to play very frequently, but we're not hitting the same game again and again and again. I would recommend when you're pulling your game group together, when you're in that session zero, you get a feel for how often can people game. You probably want to game, you want to set your frequency at like the lowest level someone <laughs> that people can make. Yeah. Because like if you yeah. have three people that can game weekly and two people will say bi-weekly, and one person says, look, I only make it monthly. Well, if you don't make it monthly, you're going to be missing that dude, you know, for the other three weeks. So you really do want to make it fit the, the, the hardest schedule to fit. And then maybe the other folks, if they're there more often, you do something else. You know, maybe there's a separate game they have or something. But you want to think about that, you know, because I, I do think, you know, Tony, it was a good point you brought up there that if you're missing sessions, if players are missing sessions, it might be life intervening, but it also might be that maybe you've set too many sessions or maybe your timing's not right. Or your day's not right. Or they're going too long. And they're, I mean, a three hour session is easier to meet than a six hour session, right? You know, people skip three hour sessions less frequently, I think, than like a seven or an eight hour session. So those things might make a difference with how often people are missing your games. For the flavor of your game, I also recommend um, you keep it light in this type of situation because the story is equally light. One of the reasons why I think our Marvel game works is because, honestly, we we, we don't take our characters too seriously. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek. There's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of laughs. And that brings people back to the table. And a comic book superheroes. How else do you play that game? <laughs> yeah, and it plays very much like each episode has been playing like a comic book, right? It goes, yeah. it, there's a beginning, middle, and end, and all right, what's on to the next crazy adventure? You know? So if I had conceptualized something like that, I would have made you dark, gritty, serious heroes, and that I don't think would have been nearly as fun. as what You would have gone all DC Justice League on it? I was thinking more like it. Arrow. Like, you know, I would have started you out wow. with, like, a lot less character points than you actually got. Guns actually can kill people. Crazy stuff like that. But... Arrow um, was a great... Arrow was a great shot, I will say, yes. But, yeah. but he was able to pull... It was, I think one of the more difficult things to pull off about that show was that you're trying to be this Batman-esque hero in a world where you're wearing green, jumping from rooftop to rooftop, shooting people with a longbow. <laughs> All right? One of the best lines in the Avengers is when Hawkeye turned to Scarlet Witch and said, look, we're on a floating island. I'm shooting robots with a bow. None of this makes sense. However... <laughs> absolutely absolutely not exactly what he said but yeah, the, uh, the yeah no it is it is actually pretty that's very similar to what he said it was basically them kind of going look just go with it just just go with it we understand what you're saying just go with it yeah like i was saying too that that's right along with that idea of create the infrastructure that has a level of silliness or tongue-in-cheekness or whatever that lets you be a little more free with it so it's not so you know, necessarily life and death kind of thing. And you can just have these these weird fantastical adventures where you wake up in the Feywild one session and the next session all of a sudden you're over in some dungeon or something, you know? You know, it, and it is a really good point because when you think about it, a lot of our storytelling we're surrounded by today is very binge-focused television. 
where mm. the plots are super tight, often very dark, very, very dramatic, very soap opera in many cases, because you're hooked for the next twist and they want to keep you hooked and coming through. If you're playing weekly or even more frequently, you can get players hooked like that, where they want to kind of, they're going to carry along and they're going to be, you know, just really kind of want to see kind of where did the next dark turn come from. If you're playing less frequently, you you do probably want to do something that's more like a book of short stories. You know, you want something because you're not going to be able to count on that anticipation dragging the whole party along a month. And when they come back in a month, they might not want to be in that headspace anymore. You know, like Tony was saying, if you're getting together once a month, you probably want it to be just more fun and more of a celebration of hanging out together than a tight focus on, oh, man, this dark plot. We got to see what happens next. We got to figure out how to fix this. You want different things at those frequencies. Uh, you know, I, I, and so I think it, it is, you know, if you're doing a monthly game, not only it doesn't only make sense to do it as kind of a more West Marchers thing to account for people not being there or West Marchers or episodic or something a little bit lighter. One, it helps you account for people not being there. But two, it fits that frequency a bit better in that mood people are going to tend to come in at when you're doing a monthly game. Yeah. You know what we haven't talked about yet that's important with this? Mm. Do you have any scheduling tips? Because I got to tell you, like, I mean, the memes out there about how hard it is to schedule a D&D game are, are, are infinite. You know, you could post one of those a week for the next year. So I'll tell you what, the, the, it, it, was like an, it was like an epiphany I had coming into the first Woodstock game. And then this is going to sound like, well, yeah, dude, why wouldn't you? But we, we do the whole thing. And at the end, Thorne's like, okay, and this much experience and blah, blah, and the, when do you guys want to get together next and pulls out the phone and we all pulled out our phone because we have calendars and we scheduled it then as opposed to the via text or email or calling, Oh, we'll, we'll figure something out. And then all of a sudden everyone's schedule blows up. So that changed everything. And I, I've seen in all our games that actually kind of, Holds true. I mean, life happens sometimes and we'll get in touch with each other and say, hey, can we push it to Saturday instead of Friday or something? But that right at the end of the session. OK, what do you when do you want to do next? Changed all the scheduling problems I used to have. <laughs> that's funny. All of them. But as as someone who witnesses how you do that, that's happened. That story sells, honestly, like the, the, the way you like, we're like, OK, at a session when we're doing this right now, let's figure this out right yeah. now. Like, when okay. are you free this day? You're on roll 20. No problem. Go down to the right hand bottom of your computer screen and bring up your calendar and look at <laughs> where is it open? No BS. Let's let's uh, let the type it in. You could write, write in the Google calendar and a story. You know, in that kind of, I'm not saying that, I mean, I'm sure other people are doing it that way, but of course, specifically of course. the reason I did it that way in Woodstock Wanderers again, comes back to the idea that when we started, I wanted to keep it relatively light and for people to be, I didn't want it to be heavy. I didn't want it to be locked into, okay, we're playing every second Tuesday. Cause a lot of games go that way. A lot of games say, okay, we're going to play every Sunday yeah. or every other Sunday. And there is advantages to that and that people know when they're playing, but I find that that kind of tends to be a little more, it's less flexible. And if people get a, get a conflict, they're just like, well, I got to skip this session yeah. by setting the next session at the end of the last of the previous one, people know their schedule to some extent. Like we usually, so we're usually setting up for two weeks later or four weeks later. 
and people generally know what they have coming up. So there's not a lot of unexpected stuff that derails sessions every now and then, but it's not, doesn't come up frequently. And yeah, it just seems to work pretty well when you're kind of setting up in that two to four week window after you're wrapping up the session and people are there and they're into it, you know? It did totally. It changed everything in terms of like, because that Lord of the Rings meme that goes around, like you have my sword and my bow. Uh, the fifth's not really good for me, you yeah. know? <laughs> I totally felt that. Like, that was hard in the feels for me for a long time. And then it was like, oh, yeah, that's all you have to do. Just take out and say, okay, when's the next one? You know, you know what actually gets me, which is like, is a hit right in the guy's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I really like this game. All right, so what are we doing this next? Today is the ninth. All right, let me bring up my calendar here. I'm free the fourth. No, wait, I mean the seventh. No, I mean the 11th. Like, I mean oh, the, of the next month. <laughs> yeah. I mean June. <laughs> like, I mean, great. I'll see you in June, guys. That's going to be great. <laughs> like, theoretically, I think you would kind of want to say, okay, we're just going to play every other Thursday or whatever. But, like, I feel like there's a lot of times when we're stepping over problems with that. Like, when we book at the end of the session, there's a lot of times when someone's busy that next Thursday and we wind up, without even thinking about it, booking around the problems. You know, you just work it out right then and there, and we get it set. And for the most part, it holds. It it, it holds. And it's been, it has made it a lot easier. Also, the nice, fact that nice. so many games, I mean, it's funny because you're kind of sifting them into place, like it's uh, you know, like like, like <laughs> it's like a game of what was that? What was the game? Um, not Blockus. The, the game where you had to uh, put the stuff in, uh, concentrate. It was a concentration where you had to put the shapes in place before the game board blew up. Oh, I know what I you're talking right. about. I don't or remember. aggravation? I don't know. But yeah, I remember what you're talking about the game, yeah. It's all right. So we've been going on for a little while about this, guys. You know, what are your final thoughts on missing players and how to handle it and how to try to avoid it? Don't punish the players you miss. Try mm-hmm. to reward the players that do make it with bobbles that make it whatever form that takes that fits your campaign setting, items, information, gold, uh, allies try different angles on that keep the games light fun simple and be prepared to change divert off your uh primary story with with a very little notice and don't attempt tolkien just don't do it <laughs> yeah definitely don't do maybe that. that's maybe that was the episode frodo got kidnapped by the by the works where he got Frodo spent the spent spends the game session wrapped up in webbing. Frodo Frodo was the guy who kept missing the sessions. Right, <laughs> that's why doing? he's there. I'll, that's I'll that's why he was with Shelob. <laughs> that was it. Now we know. I would say that. So there's two. Like we said, there's two separate things. There's the normal home game, what we're all doing, kind of thing, and then there's what uh, Greg uh, wrote in about, which is something very specific and 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 different. Um, but I would say I think it holds similarly. If you know you're entering into something where they are going to be missing a lot or that it's just going to be disjointed, set that up from the get-go in your session zero if you can. Um, however you want to do that, however that infrastructure works. But then while you're in it, there's multiple ways. You could run one-shots. You could run Adventure League type, type of stuff. You could do a West March thing or my Cannonball Run idea, which I'm totally going to now write out. Um <laughs> And then you can always, you can easily go with what we've all done, which is the silent member. They're just hanging out. They're just Wesley after he comes back from being mostly dead. And he's literally useless and just has to be carried around for that session. Um, 
Yeah, or you can run, even though we didn't talk too much about it, you can run um, a side quest for that person, uh, like I did in Slaver's Bay. Uh, two of the characters, could, two of the players couldn't be there. So I did a little bit of a thing where they were investigating tunnels underneath the inn. And I did that via text. And it was really cool. It was They, they really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then it gave them stuff to talk about to the party the next session that worked in terms of like role play and, and the narrative. You know, for me, you know, we, we, we covered a lot of the advice. Uh, I, I you know, just seconding what Tony said that you don't want to punish the players for missing sessions, especially, especially if they're missing sessions and it's just, it's infrequent and it's just the way it is. Or if you just know they have to, it doesn't really pay to say, Hey, you're going to get docked XP or Hey, everyone's going to be two levels ahead of you. Because if someone keeps coming into a game where they're two levels behind everyone else, well, they tend to not want to come back and they're going to miss more sessions. Like one of the things you want to be careful about is, is missing a couple sessions going to turn into something that this player no longer wants to play and you lose the player. Or maybe if you want that, okay, that's up to you. But in general, you know, you usually want to take it with a grain of salt and just try to kind of game around them not being there. And if it's an ongoing problem, if they're missing half the sessions and that doesn't work for you, you could boot someone. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Usually if people are missing sessions, they understand. So that's something you can do. But in general, where how I've handled this, you know, actually handle this is I usually just have that character not be there for that session. That character generally receives all the XP. They don't necessarily receive magic items unless there was something specific for that character in the treasure cache that I was giving everyone something. And, you know, I just, uh, I, I try to discourage it, but just work around it and welcome them back in next time. You know, that's, that's really a, a big part of how I try to do it. I'm not opposed to rescheduling games. We didn't talk about that very much. How often do you reschedule? I do sometimes reschedule when someone can't make it. Actually, I think our last game of Woodstock Wanderers got pushed back because someone couldn't make the game. So, we do it on occasion that way, but you got to be careful because if you keep res if someone reschedules and then they can't make that game, then you reschedule again. All of a sudden, you might be missing two gaming for two months, and at that point, people really are starting to move on with their lives, <laughs> frankly. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what you need to be careful about. You know, you don't want to miss games so many games that the players are like, "Well, that's not a thing we really do anymore. I'm making other plans." Other than that, though, you just you know you know try to handle it in a way that's specific to your group. Have some plans if you know people are going to be missing, like Dave was saying. I'm always up for an improv game. So, you know, maybe it's time to improv something off the cuff and do something you weren't expecting to do. That's about it for me. Guys, yeah, I'm glad we all made the session. Thank you for, <laughs> for coming out to talk about this. Next improv game idea. We're all elves. Santa's dead. We have to find the killer. Go. I'll do that. All right. <laughs> we'll okay. save that for the holidays. You all have a letter with one clue. <laughs> I have a stocking. What does this mean? <laughs> And thank you all for listening at home and for, uh, for for coming with us on this little adventure and for sitting in for this episode about not missing games. We appreciate you not missing our episodes and tuning in for another podcast of Three Wise DMs. If you like what you're hearing, please smash that five-star rating button, leave us a good review, share it with your friends, let, let them know what you're hearing here. Podcasts have been growing great, and that's really because of you. So thank you very much for that. I'd also mention that, you know, today's episode came from a listener question, and a lot of our episodes come from listener questions. So if you have something you'd like to hear us cover, please send it in to threewisedms at gmail.com or you can go to our website and put it in the what's your problem field. Our website is threewisedms.com or you can go to our Facebook or Twitter page or our Instagram page and we're very active on all those things. So anything you want to hear us cover, put it in there. We'll keep an eye out for it and it might show up on another episode. We'll see you next week. Three Wise DMs. Three Wise DMs.